It's Monday, February 7th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 238. We also have a special guest on the show. How's it going, guys? So good. So good. Can you guess who the special guest is? I can guess, but I know. Who do you think it is? Oh, I thought it was I thought Tyler was the special guest because he's been MIA for so long. <laughs> hey, oh, <got> that's <laughs> offensive. It's called vacation or holiday, as our friends in Australia like to say. And Daniel, how you doing, man? I'm fantastic as always. How's everything in the metaverse? Chaotic and crazy and fun and all the good stuff. Yeah. I'm seeing a ton of companies uh, placing a lot of bets on it. it so I'm just going to go right for it, I guess. Facebook is down like 30% on the year so far. And I'm feeling that. They're, personally. they're dumping tons of money into it. Are they doing it the right way? Or are they just like throwing wet noodles against the wall to see what sticks? Or can you not even comment about it? Because you're in partnership with them. Don't give him an out. See if he slips up. Well, he's our friend. But yeah, see if he slips up. Red. Slip up for us. I mean... You know, they're spending a lot of money on it. I mean, certainly they're getting burned by Apple and Google um, by not being the OS provider on smartphone devices. Yeah. For sure. So they absolutely know that the future for them needs to have actual hardware uh, data that they can get from there to continue their uh, their business of data and selling ads. You know, that's, that's why they're investing so much money into it now because they want to be the first and they want to be the best. So no one else can can be in this space. So uh, is it understandable that they're losing so much money on this XR investment? I I think so. Uh, <laughs> will it pay out in the long run? I also think that will that will work out for them. But yeah, it's I, I would hate to be a Facebook stockholder right now. <laughs> So you calling and, it a buy it, though? If you're saying it's going to work out long term, is it is it a discounted price right now? Oh man, don't don't listen to me on on this. You know, with, gonna, with his, I mean, as, as much bad news as they're having, will they probably go down a little bit more? I think so. But in five years from now, will it will it show a return? I think so. Okay. Well, you heard it That's here my first. Hot take. <laughs> they they don't call them platinum for nothing. So. Daniel Platt's got the news for you. Go buy Facebook stock right now. Oh my gosh. Don't <laughs> oh do my gosh. Is, Jesus. I, this is exactly when you want to do it. Sorry, my audio completely dropped. So I missed half of all the cool things Daniel just said. He basically but, talked about how much he loved Facebook and uh, it's at a great price right now and everyone should go buy all of it. Yeah, I, I doubt that. But oh I, I think they probably are actually a good price right now. Um, I'm just kidding. Because, because I think, I think the, the whiplash or reaction that the market had to them not showing growth, you know, in new users is real and it's a problem yeah. for them. But I don't really consider Facebook like in that early gotta get new customers all the time phase anymore. Like a billion users, if they succeed anywhere, they're gonna have an awful lot of people at their fingertips to go, yeah. you know, pick it up. Now mm -hmm. There could be some detail, you know, down down in the weeds that just says, you know, the the decline in new users means that the target audience for the stuff they're getting into, Meta, everything they're doing with Oculus and that sort of stuff, um, is is like a disconnect, right? Like current users are less likely to, you know, pay for those kinds of services. But 
they're still huge in what they do and they have a massive marketplace to work in and i'm actually hopeful because i think uh, i i think i can't remember which one of you actually said it right at the beginning of this but i think it was daniel actually the the fact that facebook recognizes that not being the mobile os operator puts them at such a dramatic and distinct disadvantage that they're trying to work yeah. themselves around it and really engage in the hardware game that screams anti-competitive stuff against yeah. apple and google so well that, that's exactly the what they were targeting they, they were specifically talking about apple and their earnings yeah and about the uh the but ad tracking stuff i and also I'm not, TikTok. I'm not always a fan of like it taking a gorilla to even have this conversation. This is a lot like the App Store, you know, margin and, and charges that Epic sort of started with Apple too, in the sense that I, I don't, I'm not really rooting for Facebook to quote win here, but we needed a Facebook to fight the Apples and Googles of the world to not put anyone at a disadvantage on these platforms. Sure. Because if they're, if they're closing the door, look, like, ignore for a minute that Facebook is wrought with baggage, right? And that it is not loved in a lot of ways. If they end up being the premier meta platform, or if they succeed in making this metaverse concept a successful and, you know, sort of drawn to sort of entity, then why would we want mobile OS operators to edge them out? Like that sucks. And then assume it's not Facebook. Let's just say Oculus was still on their own and Oculus started their own metaverse. They'd be in the exact same situation where they can't actually succeed in the space because Apple and Google won't allow it. And that's, that's the whole point of all of this. So I'm not saying, yay, Facebook should win this fight or, or anything like that. But if, if they're actually going to succeed in doing good things with this metaverse concept, and if they're going to take... You know, AR, VR, XR forward, especially with Oculus as a platform, which I think definitely has some legs to it, right? Then I don't want to see Apple and Google's ownership of mobile operating systems prevent them from being successful because I think that sucks for consumers. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me apologize to Daniel for uh, for for immediately hitting him out of the gate with uh, his take on Facebook stock pricing because uh, <laughs> he was just joining to listen live. He was like, I probably won't comment. Um, so sorry for pulling you right into that, but I just had to. <laughs> friends are going to do what friends are going to do. Uh, All good. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, you also mentioned uh, Whiplash. I don't know if you saw earlier, um, I guess it was last week. It wasn't earlier this week because today's a Monday. I don't know if you saw Snapchat and uh, also Peloton, but specifically the, the Whiplash on Snapchat on the, what was it, February 2nd. It was trading about 32 bucks. Very next day, $25. Like Whoa. fell through a hole. That I night, think I saw some they released their earnings report. Talked about how bad. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it it dropped, you know, what thirty percent or something like that. That and, night, and was it was it linked to earnings? Did it make sense? No, when earnings came out. <laughs> no, it was it was. It, I'm trying to remember what happened that specific day. Um, I think that was the day that Facebook fell, and so like every social media just like cratered. The, well, yeah, and we but saw the, a lot of that, the crazy right? thing about it is. Uh, Snapchat then had their earnings that night, which were positive, and then it went yeah. back up higher than it was the day previous yeah, when it had just That's dropped, cool you know, whatever, twenty or thirty percent. So I love the three the markets work. Yeah, three consecutive trading days. It went from thirty-two dollars to twenty-four dollars, and then it ended the next day at forty dollars. 
32 to 24 to 40. <laughs> well, that's Facebook. It's just going to take weeks and months, not days. <laughs> yeah, pretty unbelievable. And then obviously, yeah, that's wild. Peloton's been having uh, a crazy time as well because you know they're they had terrible earnings and their stock fell through the floor. There, there are so and then there's many conversation about them being Peloton now. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, hey, that's not surprising. I think I think they Peloton. I, I haven't followed them closely as a as a company or or track the signal or sorry the ticker that much, but it doesn't surprise me that they're running into some headwinds. I mean, you can imagine an at-home streaming workout platform yeah. with expensive gear probably saw the best boon you could ever imagine for oh, an yeah. early, early life cycle company. And inevitably, they were going to run into serious competition, especially on like the capital investment side of that. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, like, I wish them the best at luck whatever but i i know a lot of people that aren't going to do that and now that there are other options they don't have to well just in a quick nutshell kind of recap if you haven't been following peloton um the the ticker symbol is pton uh but the current price where peloton is at now is what it was trading at before the pandemic so go back to the end of 2019 That's what fair. proceeded to happen though uh yeah once the once the pandemic hit uh, just like straight continuous vertical climb uh, from prices at about like high 20s until it peaked, uh, let's see, January of 21. So just climbed for, straight for a year at $172. So it went from, you know, about 29 bucks to 172. As soon as it hit that January of 21, it just started falling like a rock. So it basically, it just looks like a mountain. It looks like a hill climb, you know, when you're on a bike and you, uh, you, you know, you're doing a Peloton ride and you go do a, a mountain climb. It's exactly what it looks like. And it's yeah. just back to, uh, back to pre pandemic pricing. Okay. We totally skipped over this day in tech history. Y'all ready? Yes. Let's do it. In history. Okay. Uh, the very first <laughs> untethered spacewalk, February 7th, Astronauts Bruce McCandless II and Robert L. Stewart make the first untethered spacewalk. So that photo that you often see with the, you know, you can see the curvature of the Earth because the Earth is round because it's a ball. It's not flat. Uh, there's a, <laughs> there's an astronaut that's <laughs> tilted at like, you know, two o'clock angle looking back at you. It's just, I don't know, it's a, it's a very striking photo. Um, that's what this is from. But uh, using the MMU, the Manned Maneuvering Unit, McCandless became the first human Earth orbiting satellite, right? Because at that point, <laughs> if he's on his That's own, awesome. he's, yeah, he's a, he's a satellite uh, venturing out 320 feet from the orbiter. You want to guess the year? Tyler, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> thinking. One dollar, Bob. I'm racking my brain. No. Um, oh, man. <sighs> I, I want to say 60s untethered. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's go like 68. I'm going, I'm going a different decade on this one. I'm going to say 74. 1984. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> 1984. Almost 40 years ago. Okay. Uh, let's do another quick space one. The very first golf ball hit on the moon. This was yesterday. Yeah. This was February 6th. This is the, well, actually, I'm not even going to tell you which Apollo mission this was. I'm not going to give you extra. I'll just tell you, I'll tell you it was a six iron. Ugh. <laughs> and it was attached to a sample collection tool. What year? Oh, goodness. 
a sample collection tool. Wait, so did a robot do this or was it a human? No, it was a human. It was an astronaut. Okay. Been more cool if it was a robot. Now, I don't want to embarrass, or I don't want you to embarrass yourself. Humans I'm didn't land on the moon until 69. So it's going to be 69 or later. So don't guess the that's 20s. I wasn't going to guess the 20s. I wanted to. I really did. But that's, I was trying to think like, did we do spacewalks before the moon? That's why I wanted 68, because I was confident yeah. that the moon was late 60s. I figured that's something we would do ahead of that. I was clearly wrong. And I guess it makes sense. It's probably actually more complicated, which is ridiculous, but true, um, or at least likely true. Um, uh, so, golf ball on the moon? I, 78. Why not? Okay. Oh man, I was trying to think when we stopped going to the moon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, if we're just hitting golf balls up there, yeah. it's over. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are out there. Stop sending those jerks to the moon. <laughs> and, and I know the answer Russell would say is eighty-six. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say the last one. I'm going to say eighty-one, just because. Nineteen seventy-one. <laughs> Apollo 14. Oh. Astronaut Alan Shepard. All right. Oh, man. <sighs> let's get past all that. Ooh, let's see. Here's some meta news. Daniel's oh, favorite. Wait. I, I, have, I have a fun history thing that I came across today. Okay. That's not a today's in tech history, but I feel like it's long ago enough that it's a good one because it's relevant to probably a good amount of people that listen to this podcast. Um, the story of the sandwich. What? Uh, <laughs> so, apparently, the Earl of Sandwich, John Montague, <laughs> uh, was the uh, the inventor of the sandwich because he had a gambling problem and needed a meal he could have playing long hours at the car table. And so he just threw meat <laughs> together between two slices of bread to uh, to handle that habit. So you heard it here first. Sandwiches is the official food of gamers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I just, that, was a, that was a fun history thing I randomly came across today. That what do you fun. think? And you, you know what's even more fun about that? Something I learned recently in, I think it's New, well, New Orleans, but Louisiana, I think it's a state law. Um, it, is, it is illegal, if I'm not mistaken, to gamble in Louisiana, or at least New Orleans, right? But someone, and we're going to go ahead and say cleverly, got around to this by saying that the casinos and the games that they play aren't gambling, they're gaming. That's right. And that's why there are casinos <laughs> in those areas, and that's how they can get away with that stuff. So it's not gambling, it's gaming, which just goes to show that if you had a gambling habit that turned into sandwiches, it actually wasn't a gambling habit, it was a gaming habit. So you're spot on, sandwiches are gamer. Boom. <laughs> or for gamers. <laughs> oh man. I thought okay. it was clever. It was. <laughs> I was going down a Google uh, rabbit hole there uh, that I wasn't liking. So no, I'm sorry. Um, okay. What else we have here? What else we have here? Mm, I don't know. What? Uh, what? What's? You started to say something. Meta was in the news about something. Oh yeah. I don't like EU stuff. Yeah. Well. Oh, that. So that's one thing. But Meta announces that Peter Thiel, one of Facebook's first uh, institutional yeah. investors, 
and longest serving directors will step down from Meta's board this year. But, yeah, uh, I think I, I think it's pretty normal to see big shakeups on boards after uh, yeah percent rocking of right. the uh, stock price. So that's right after uh, surprising. right after their stock tanks, they came out and said, "Hey, uh, because <laughs> they had a policy." Um, that they enacted, I want to say maybe two years ago or so, where they were committing to not allowing political advertisements on Facebook within, I don't know, like two weeks prior to election day. Yep. Like you could, you could advertise up until a fortnight before, and they're thinking about reversing that direction. I, I just wonder <laughs> how much of, yeah, how much of whatever people keep offering us a lot of money yeah. to just keep advertising right up to this, and we're tired exactly. of turning it down. <laughs> exactly. So it just makes me wonder what other kind of policies they're they're uh, going to change and all that kind of stuff. And then it reminded yeah, me, I heard too. Or, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say what's interesting about that a little bit to me is that I feel like the the earnings news wasn't really about not making money. I, I'm not going to lie. I was on vacation, so I didn't dig into it very much. But it was about the first or at least the most significant miss in user growth. Why announce changes to policies that don't seem to be attached to growing users? Like, I don't feel like political ads is going to draw people into Facebook. Maybe How I'm wrong. Users, so they already have a third of the globe monthly. Or Which uh, what is insane. It? This is this is why I don't think it's reasonable yeah. to see a a thirty plus percent drop in stock price based on not growing. Like, were we were we saying that the value of Facebook? was based on every human on the planet using it in the next 20 years. Like what, what does that, what are you even saying? <laughs> yeah. How do you grow off of a base like that? But I mean, this earnings you, you report was literally the very first... have any successful product ever. And then you have a billion plus people at your fingertips, some ridiculous yeah. percentage of which is going to buy it because you're basically an advertising platform. I really don't think that user growth means Facebook's done making money. I guess yeah. Facebook's done making money. Meta's going to make it all now, but you get my point. Yeah. Well, apparently TikTok is just like eating their lunch. Ah. It's crazy. But um, yeah, this how, uh, uh, how successful TikTok's platform has been considering I feel like it's similar enough to Instagram that if if when Facebook was still Facebook, they were innovating instead of just buying stuff up, they couldn't have come up with something similar and more competitive. Well, it's only it, that's, similar that's enough to Instagram in that Instagram has now uh, implemented reels, which is basically like the, the instantiation of that, the birth of that was basically people just downloading TikTok videos and uploading them over to the Instagram sure. uh, reel side, right? Like whatever was winning I, over I'm, there, just take it over. I'm just saying between like the, the social media platforms that existed 10 years ago and Facebook when they acquired Instagram and everything they're going through, how, and I mean, I'm an outsider. I maybe it's totally unfair to throw these stones, but how did you miss that short format films was going to be successful? Yeah, because that's basically what TikTok is. And then they yeah. they put in some clever features. They did some great platform development, but it's not like Meta and and Google and all these other companies that were already playing in these spaces didn't have funds to go develop something cool. It just seems odd to me that they totally missed short short factor video as being yeah. a, an attractive baseline for social even media. youtube is doing it yeah youtube is yeah, doing yeah. It. they they're do pushing, short stuff um, now right yeah they're yeah they're pushing shorts a lot 
I don't know if it's just like it's it's the like the goldfish effect where everyone's got like a three. Well, no, that's a three second memory, but basically a three second attention span. Like nobody can watch a 10 minute YouTube video anymore. Right. Which know? is funny because because YouTube basically forced content creators to produce longer content because that's how they maximized ad revenue. Yeah, and it it turns out it's like the opposite of what people want. Shocker! They they forced longer content for advertising reasons, not for content delivery reasons. You get what you get, but yeah. Can you imagine somebody today, like I don't know, pick a pick a fifteen year old or whatever that is familiar with TikTok or Reels or Shorts or whatever? Take them back to like the mid nineties and put them in front of America's Funniest Videos. And have them watch a whole like a half hour <laughs> episode of America's Funniest Videos where you watch maybe like maybe 18. on the high side. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say like maybe 18 total videos in 30 <laughs> minutes. So or they can watch 18 videos in 30 seconds. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it drive me insane. Which which is why yeah. that factor has failed so miserably because it yeah. was it's too much drama. Not enough of what people actually wanted to see, which is a bunch of funny videos. Too much commentary, because I don't yeah. need your commentary. And and ads, but like ads that you can't skip or get around, which I think, again, back to what I was saying about YouTube, the advertising is what drove these longer form factors so they could inject longer ads at the beginning, multiple ads at the beginning, ads in the middle. Like they all, all of these things were around advertising revenue, not what actually draws people into content. They, yeah. It's like they did it backwards and TikTok figured it out. So did we solve the issue of TikTok being like a, a, a concern for our national security? Like that became a no, thing? And no, then no, no, no. We just, we just accepted it. We just accepted it. We said, okay. Yeah, All right, we, cool. we, don't, we don't have the attention span <laughs> for America's Funniest Home Videos anymore. So TikTok and national security is, sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you talk about the ads and stuff like that and I'm not on TikTok, but I can say like on, you know, reels and shorts, what you're seeing more and more is, I mean, I follow a bunch of like CrossFit athletes and whatnot right there. Um, they don't call themselves influencers, but that's obviously, you know, kind of what they're doing and what they're using this stuff for. They, they show their training stuff and then they're like, you know, I use these shoes, right. Or I use this pre-workout or, you know, this creatine or whatever, or, you know, buy, buy our brand of, of shirts, um, you know, whatever. So, but, uh, yeah, that's what it is, man. And I just don't, I don't know how Facebook moves to that. And I, it's so, it's so wild. The massive, like just railing against them. And at the same time, it just, every time I look at those numbers, the monthly active users and daily active users, where you've got a third of the planet on there monthly, and a quarter of the planet on Facebook daily, daily, or like Facebook Insane. platforms, whether it's Instagram or, or, or Facebook or whatever. Um, and yeah, you want to, you want to quit it. You want to leave it. You never like, you want to just walk away from it entirely. But like you and I have talked about Facebook marketplace has become one of the best places to actually buy stuff. Like it's becoming more effective yeah. than, um, than uh, Craigslist, right? Absolutely. No, and and, it's already there. Yeah, there are and, things and that are annoying of, about Facebook for searching because they they did a good job. When I say good job, it makes me feel dirty of injecting advertisements, right? Like sponsored yeah. listings, right. which I love that 
you know, they don't really have in Craigslist and that you can filter out even dealerships, which is important for certain, you know, certain things. But yeah. but that's the thing is that it it does a better job of establishing trust, which has always been an issue with, uh, you know, Craigslist. Yeah. And um, it also has done some stuff to solve like the trust for shipping, right? Because they, they can, people that are selling on Facebook Marketplace can really operate like a little storefront. Whereas people that yeah. are selling on Craigslist, even if they're operating like a storefront, they, there's still this like very individual and are you going to deliver on this promise sort of exchange, which is why, you know, even Craigslist will straight up tell you, do it in person. Don't yeah. don't pay for something for shipping. Whereas Facebook integrated in such a way that they're they're sort of operating as that middle that that escrow, if you will, that middle person to to establish the trust and make sure that the dollars get and the thing gets actually shipped off. I'm not saying that you can't have fraud on Facebook. It's just they did a much better job of addressing that sort of thing, and that's why it's better than Craigslist yeah. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I would argue, I'd still argue that the, like the rest of everything is, is on Facebook is trash other than like the marketplace and then <laughs> groups. No, seriously, man. I mean, no, like, no, you're probably right. Have, I don't know. Cause I don't use groups and I don't use Facebook. I literally haven't looked at my feed in years. I don't, I do not know what happens on Facebook outside of marketplace, but I shop a bunch truck on marketplace. I buy s- silly things for my kids on marketplace. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, it's. Okay. A, I mean, you can. Yeah, you see, they have game. They have a gaming section, which is just like ridiculous, dumb stuff. Like just straight dumb stuff all the time. And then <laughs> they've got uh, they've got a watch section, which I don't know what that is. If that's supposed to be if that's supposed to be like watch, reels or like, shorts like or wristwatch or no? Okay, watch. No, it's watch like TV. Stuff. It's like Facebook it. TV, but it's like it's like video. I don't know if it's supposed to compete with YouTube. I don't know, but it's all just. It's just like trash from the internet. And then obviously they've got the original home stuff, which is like where you go to see, you know, people posting uh, photos and stuff, which I never go to. But uh, dude, marketplace is great. And then groups, I feel like I have to be part of because like any communication that happens from, uh, you know, the, the CrossFit community that for the local thing, they, they post up updates there, whatever. Um, or if you're part of some other community that's like, you know, elsewhere focused on, I mean, there's a cars and coffee South Lake thing that I'm part of, uh, just seeing yeah, this, whatever meetups are great. and all that kind of stuff. These are, these are things I don't need in my life. And that's but, probably why I'm not. Why well, no, but <laughs> like, where else are they going to do that? I don't know, man. I'm just discord. Whatever. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Apparently, apparently I'm I going, just don't participate with online communities. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going way off the rails here, but I'm just trying to figure out. So like Facebook has so many people where are they going to go? Like they how, are they really going to get more users? I don't know. I don't know. I, do they need more users? I, I keep coming I back know. to they don't need more users. I don't users. think that they do. Yeah. They just need more they ways just need something for that users works. to interact with the platform yes. and spend money with the platform. So yes. they can continue to get advertising revenue and they can push their own stuff, which is why I think right. if they're successful in the meta space and they're successful with, uh, you know, the meta VR, which is, you know, Oculus rebranding, if those things are successful, their their baseline is extraordinary. So yeah. maybe maybe that's the market's way of saying we don't we don't know if the direction you're going in is actually going to print bills or not. Well, but, uh, but that's the other thing, though, like even in that space, Facebook is so far out ahead of anyone with meta. Um, right. Quests. Right. With with Meta Quest, right? Which is used to be Oculus. That it got rid of that name entirely, which uh-huh. is sad. But yeah. I mean, even Google Google came out the other day and they're like, uh, Stadia is basically dead. 
they're kind of rotating yeah. away from that. Microsoft's basically said the same thing and about Hollow Lens. Yeah, yeah, they're like, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, not invest here as much. We're not quite sure where we're gonna go and all this kind of stuff. And so I saw, I mean, I saw a headline along that line, along those yeah. lines that that said that the Oculus Quest, so the one that exists now, right? MetaQuest is coming, and that will be sort of Oculus Quest round three, but they'll rebrand it. Um, the Oculus Quest 2 and back represent 50% of all VR activity on Steam. That's yeah. a big deal for, for yes. a, a space that is growing. And I'm, I think we lost Daniel, but I'm sure he, yeah, he, he could give us some great stats. But um, for a space that is is growing and is of tons of interest and is getting really cool really fast, right? Like yeah. longer activity, uh, less you know, sort of seasick, like side effects, better viewing experience, untethered, uh, just better tech across the board. Like it, it's getting better and better all the time. And they're ahead of the game. And they have a third of the world's population at their fingertips. Like, what? what? How, do okay. you, how do you think this isn't going to be profitable? <laughs> so, this headline reads like a North Korea headline. Uh, Microsoft claims HoloLens is, quote, doing great after reports HoloLens 3 was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our, our, our ICBM launch was is doing great amidst all the reports that it just crashed into the ocean. Directly into the ocean. 100 yards out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, then, of course, great. yeah, here's another one. HoloLens is not dead, says Microsoft Mixed Reality Chief. Uh, yeah, so if you got to come out and say that it's not dead, and that's your only proof, it's dead until you do something with it. It's, it's dead until you do something. That's that is hilarious. <sighs> but uh, yeah, that's funny. Know, okay, whatever. We probably talked about Facebook too much there. <laughs> well, but we can we can dork out for just a minute. Um, I I run, yeah. and I know a lot of people do this, but I run uh, a bunch of Docker containers on my Synology. Um, so I've got a NAS uh, laying around. That a I bunch different things. Um, I do. I run quite a few containers at this point. Uh, and, do you have and one that just was, competes in Wordle for you every day, so you don't even have to do no it? Way. No, that I love Wordle. <laughs> it's fun. I love that I only have to spend like three minutes on it. Like that's me because I don't yeah. want. I hate. There's something, even though I'm drawn to them, as most people I think are that enjoy games. A game that just keeps you coming back for something like like the end of a TV episode where the drama, that cliffhanger is that hook to try to get you to come and watch the next one, right? Like games do this at a micro level all the time. And I find it infuriating. Like I miss the games where you could finish a level and just put it down and walk away and come back and pick it up because they're yeah. all like, no, no, no. I need you to interact with the game more. Go touch this thing. And if you don't touch it every 15 minutes, then you fall like whatever it is. I just, I hate it. And so Wordle <laughs> is fantastic because it's once a day. You yeah. can't get more. You can't do you anything get to else. Compete with, it. with only yourself. Right. And then it's over until tomorrow. And I yeah. love it. I, I think you, that's the best part of that game. Yeah. You and I spent too much time on Clash of Clans like five years ago, whenever oh, that gosh, came out. Yeah. <laughs> or ten years but ago. Then, like watch, it watching came people out throw 10 like years ago. Like millions of dollars at it. I don't think I don't know if the whales were actually spending that much, but thousands. But the, we yeah, knew people like that the, had the amount of money that it. people threw into those games to just move them towards the never-ending future. Because there yeah. is no end. There's no there's no finish line. 
in those yeah. games at all. So throwing money at them to speed them up towards what? <laughs> like, right. I mean, it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely fascinatingly, deviously brilliant what they have done with mobile gaming to extract dollars from humans. But it's also really kind of sick. So I love that Whirl is very much just, no, come here, compete with yourself once a day, have a good time, bye. Like, that's yeah. it. No, no garbage, no you know, casino-like experience. It's just fun. And Did you see you can play it on the Game Boy now? Your life. No, that's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, somebody ported it over to uh, to a Game Boy. That's cool. That's cool. That's so anyways, got off on a tangent, but... Yes, yeah, um uh, so I've run a, a few different uh, different things, usually to to pick up um, you know kind of different content and and view different services that are running in the network in other places. Um, but uh, one of the one of the problems with running containers on the Synology is that it hasn't been that easy to update that. And I've been aware of a container called Watchtower for a long time, and all it does is look for the latest release and then apply. Basically, it it does the really trivial trivial steps of blowing away an old container after copying all of its settings and then using the new build package to, to release a new container at the latest release. Really great reason to use containers for all kinds of stuff. But um, I was I found a, an easy way to actually deploy Watchtower on my Synology, which makes me happy. But then I learned about uh, the, a, a container. Um, it's actually a front end, like a management um, uh, container, which is great, like a container to manage containers called Portainer, which I'd heard about a long time ago, but I, I hadn't really done anything with. And uh, I just stumbled upon somebody that said they were using it and that it was great. And so I did that and I front-ended, uh, instead of using Synology's somewhat cumbersome slow interface for interacting with the containers now i can just go and look at all of them in a clean fashion i can do stuff with their volumes i can change ports look at their port settings open stuff up it's just it's nice and it occurred to me i might actually be able to use this instance of portainer to actually look at the containers that i have running on all of my raspberry pis too so i i just mm. like a minute ago realized that so i might be able to centralize all of those which is kind of cool um, and it's I'm a docker how that works is it a Docker like agent? Uh, is it part of the Docker UI or what is? No, I mean, you, it's, so it's, it's a front end. It, so Portainer, Portainer is basically just pulling information out of uh, Docker environments. So I gotcha. if you point okay. it to if you point it to a Docker environment, it'll it'll pull all of the stats, and then depending on what rights you give it, it can actually interact with it. So in this case, Portainer is actually running on the Synology. So I point, you know point it to itself effectively nice and it it pulls up all the containers that are running on the on the synology and then this one's really cool and this one like i'm super pumped about because it it's really simple but i didn't know i needed it it's called heimdall um which i know or i don't know but i assume is a throw to you know thor and and the yeah that universe um he's the guy that opens up the bridge that can warp thor all over the place the watchman um, of the uh, gods Yep. Yeah, that guy. Anyways, uh, Heimdall is like it's a, it's basically a link front end for all your little apps. So now instead of having to have a bunch of pinned tabs opened for my Unify network interface or Portainer, as I was just talking about, the uh, Bellino OS, which is a you know it's a basically a pipeline that I use for Raspberry Pi stuff, my Pi Hole as a separate one, each of my Synologies because uh, I have a really old one that's just you know, backup storage, basically. And then all the other little services that I've got, 
I can just have a single service running in a container that links to all of those and does all the authentication or takes advantage of the tokens to get the data accessed into it. Um, so I get to close a bunch of my tabs, which is very unusual for me because I usually have you know hundreds of them. Dashboard for all your... Oh, that's being kind. I'd say thousands. Thousands. <laughs> Dashboard for all your web applications. That's interesting. Yeah. No, and it's like... I mean, it's really simple. It's not that crazy or fancy but yeah um it's it's useful it's legitimately useful and it's been a while since i found a new container to run on anything that was yeah. particularly useful unless it was and and i guess i should say that took very little effort to get up and running because I, I think i did some pretty cool stuff with my solar monitoring but that was actually an undertaking Oh, it's definitely a nod to the uh Norse uh mythology because it's got the it's got yeah. the helmet and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yep. 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 So I figured I figured as much. But anyways, like I can I can look at my Plex server and see what's going on in that and all 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 the stuff that I do in my in my containers in the first place. Now I just have a sort of a central central dashboard for linking to all of it, which is pretty slick. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Man, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. I was looking at the news. I, I was out last week and I really didn't look at any news or not much. Oh, I did hear I don't remember. if you're doing your taxes and uh, whenever you get to the part about cryptocurrency for last year, if you only bought cryptocurrency, you don't have to report it. Only if you did Correct. any of the other things. Right. Even right. if, if you received you it for free it or, or bought it. it. Yeah. Yep. So yep. it sounds mean, like Russ doesn't have to do any taxes. On his <laughs> Mr. Holden himself. Yeah. It's true. It's yep. true. And uh, I also saw the IRS says that they're going to transition away from using facial recognition for identity verification after a ID. bipartisan backlash regarding its use of ID.me services. Mm. Yeah. That was going to get a little crazy. Yeah, I, I did. I think I used the ID.me stuff. I signed in trying trying to actually stop them from sending me paper checks, which failed, even though all of the right stuff was established in that system. Yeah. But I don't remember the facial recognition part. It may have just not really occurred to me. As far as I'm concerned, as someone who travels in the United States, especially mm -hmm. someone who has traveled out of and back into the United States, like the U.S. government has my face. Right. I'm I am on record and ID.me is not how they got it. <laughs> yeah. So so I just if if that's an easy way for them to make sure that I am biometrically being, you know, more secure, I whatever, fine, do it. Yeah. But but I totally get people's pushback against governments using facial recognition for well yeah. anything. But well, so. regardless of what it is, I'm just happy that there was unanimous bipartisan pushback on whatever it yeah. was. And then yeah. they 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 backtracked. They they retracted what they're planning yeah, on doing, right? That's because good. The, oh, our government is there to serve us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> amazing exactly. what can get done when when it works the way it's supposed to, right? Yeah, exactly. So give me a little bit uh a little bit of hope there. Um maybe 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 it happened that way because uh the government's use of facial recognition wasn't actually serving any special interest groups. And now there's a vacuum that can be filled by somebody that can make money. Yeah. Did How's you see that, that one? The, uh, <laughs> the Amazon raises its maximum base pay for corporate and tech I did employees. See that. 
Yeah, I, so, so this is this that actually got a lot of hamsters running into my head too, or at least the, yeah. the one. That this isn't minimum pay. This is maximum. No, no, no. no. I I understand, but yeah. so and I feel like you and I talked, or at least I shared a few messages about they it. Doubled it. There, there's a there's a a a um a social media application platform, whatever called Blind. Um, I don't know how popular mm-hmm. it is, but it, it's something I've been following for a couple of years now. Um, I got an invite a long time ago. I think it started in Silicon Valley. It's very tech-based, right? And the culture of the platform, because it was designed intentionally to be a, an a, a anonymous, right? So yeah. you can like literally you can change your username daily. Um, all, all you have to do is have a, a verifiable address because it was sort of meant to be an open forum to have communication uh, more broadly about companies and corporate, you know, uh, culture and yeah. compensation. And the compensation part uh, became very quickly became just sort of part of the DNA of Blind to the point or to to yeah to the extent that any post that was made. They, they actually would demand that you provided compensation information to get a response. It could be like, what's your favorite color? And people would say comp or GTFO, right? They, they wanted to see that you, random user, unidentifiable, but at Amazon, were making yeah. a certain amount of money. And then over time, it went from just a total compensation number to being broken out into like base bonus RSU. And what what occurred to me is that you you've probably heard, and I imagine a lot of people have like the the wildly high numbers that compensation that will come out for folks that are working, especially as software developers at sort of the the fangs of the world or Microsoft yeah. and and some of the other ones that you know sort of fall into that fang bubble. Well, we got to right? replace Facebook because they're in a hole now. <laughs> Facebook doesn't exist. They lost them. Well, isn't, Meta isn't Meta the the well, yeah, but is is Meta the parent for Facebook now? Because Facebook obviously still no, they changed their name, but it but they did change the name of the the actual entity, right? It's not like Alphabet, yes. which owns Google, and Google still has a ticker, right? Correct. Okay, I, I thought so. I just I no, it's no, it's Facebook been. changed their name. They are yeah, doing business right. as Meta, formerly right. known as Facebook. As Facebook, yeah, it's that's, not that's it's what not I an Alphabet. It is yeah, not, not like Alphabet, Alphabet owns Google. Google. Yeah. Correct. No, exactly. So that, that that is what I was saying. That was what I was asking yeah. to confirm. Um, but uh, anyways, yes, it, it would need to be meta. But Fang stopped being Fang a long time ago. It, it yeah, still yeah. stands for it. F-A-A-N-G. It's like it's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Netflix and yeah. Google was what Which it started as. People are arguing that Netflix then, should come out too. Sure. Well, it, but that was inevitable, right? Like, yeah. like the the highest paying, because that's basically what it was. The most successful, the most lucrative jobs you could get were fell into Fang. That's where all that stuff ran off. For a while, people were calling it Fang Mula to add um, uh, Uber and LinkedIn and uh, what the the other what was the other A Apple Amazon and. There's there's another. Anyways, not terribly important. It's changed a lot. Facebook doesn't exist is a pretty good example of. That would have been Microsoft, Uber, Lyft, and Airbnb. 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 There you go. Yeah, I knew Fang yeah. Mula was there for a little while, um, yeah. and and people propose changes to it all the time. It's not going to change. Fang Fang now means something else entirely different from its uh, you know acronym, right? So, sure. but my point was this. I at least was very surprised when I saw some of the annual compensation numbers that were being thrown around a blind. Now it's an anonymous social media platform. People lie, people do all kinds of stuff. But then it but finally the sheer, clicked but, that, that sorry, what people were actually talking about. And this is this is actually why they, they shifted to, you know, post your comp, but show us base 
bonus and RSU, basically stock compensation. Because when people were posting their annual uh, salaries or their annual compensation, right or wrong, I I mean, I'm not saying that there is a right or wrong answer to how you decide to present this stuff. Also included stock payouts, right? They were including the appreciation of their stock. So someone that started at, at, at Facebook or at Apple or at Netflix or at uh, you know uh, Nvidia at the right time and got a significant long-term incentive to stick around three four years worth of you know whatever value and yeah. then saw the stock appreciate at like hundreds of percents year over year they were looking at this two three four year stock payout that was now worth three times what it was when they got it, which was a huge number. Mm-hmm. And so, so it actually, it makes a lot of sense that as the appreciation of the stock values has rather precipitously stopped climbing so fast, which was inevitable, that they have to adjust policies because it's no longer something that they can just ride. They can't hire someone and say, here's a hundred, 100k as a base your bonus is 50% of that and here's another 200k in stock options or or RSUs or whatever it is and they're probably going to triple right. because they're probably not going to triple so mm-hmm. so now they're going to have to make adjustments but that it's wild that it happened that quickly um, yeah. because i i think i just i feel like in less than a year i heard grumbling about that on blind and uh, and here we are. Amazon's already making adjustments, and I yeah. guarantee you, others will follow suit. They have to. It, well, dude, it, it's all yeah. about the competitive marketplace. Shoot, and those LTIs, like securing those LTIs, especially at a company where you think the stock is going to go up significantly, that's a big mm-hmm. thing. That that is a that is a oh, yeah. big thing. And so, yeah. I mean, I've yep. even I've had some private. Yeah, I've had some private conversations with some people recently that have reached out and just said, hey, I'm looking around, looking for this type of stuff because I think our stock price is kind of where it's going to be, kind of topped out for the next several years. Yeah. I'd love to transition my LTIs over to another company that I think has more significant upswing, right? And, so. and if you're going to continue to pay employees with long-term incentives, with stock yeah. options or others, which, which is a, a very... It's a more affordable way for the company to do that too. It is a more affordable compensation to provide today's value, and because th- you know they write the sh- that that off the same way, uh, yeah. even if it's worth a lot more later. Um, you pay taxes on what it's actually worth when you get them, but as far as the company is concerned, they they lost those shares, quote unquote, when they dropped it. But but if if they're going to shift away from stock incentives being what keeps people around and actually change base pay. That's a big change. Yeah, I mean yeah. that because that's that's guaranteed compensation until you don't have a job. That's, yeah, that's, well, what they're saying too. Cool, so cool again, way. to reiterate, yeah, to reiterate the um, the the title of this uh, uh, article, Amazon raises its maximum base pay for corporate and tech employees from 160k to 350k, which is more than double, in line with other tech giants citing a quote competitive labor market. Interesting. It's also yeah. interesting that they're saying that it brings them more in line with other companies. Because I, I have seen some of that. Like, um, There's a levels FYI that's useful for looking at that kind of information too. But uh-huh. actually seeing um, the, the distribution of compensation for those companies, uh, it's just a morbid curiosity for me since I don't get anywhere close to what we pay our SWEs at, at FANG level companies. But um, it is it is neat to see the disparity between base compensation and bonus compensation and stock compensation across 
you know, companies that are very obviously fighting for the same workforce. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I, it's neat. It, it tells you a lot about the, the direction Amazon's moving. Um, also probably tells you a little bit about what they think their growth is going to look like, at least from a percentage perspective in the near term, which is kind of interesting. Looking for other good stuff, but I think we're coming up on a 45 or 50 minute show here. So maybe we were time to shut her down. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me look at this one real quick. Ad tech experts explain how GDPR has proven ineffective thanks to the ingenuity of ad tech firms, which have managed to effectively skirt its uh, consent requirement. (laughs) I saw that headline, but what is it saying? That's terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to dig into this and come back. But um, Yeah, I, that was one I wanted to read a little bit more about because um, that sounds pretty fascinating that, that ad tech managed to get around GDPR rules. It doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. I think that's exactly the kind of arms race that that sort of regulation creates. But uh, I, that's, a, that's a pretty strong statement in that title. Well, I was, I'm, I'm just like, every time I see GDPR come up, I always want to check on it because I remember it coming out and thinking, gosh, how is this going to go down? Yeah. Because the policies were so strict. And so like, it got to the point where it almost became, I mean, it's just quite possibly Im- impossible for most, if not all companies to follow the letter of the law. Right. And then the power of the GDPR, um, legal ramifications, basically, um, they could at will just say, Hey, uh, we're going to fine you up to 6% of your, um, you know, your, your, uh, gross revenue for the year, which is unbelievable. Right. So crazy power. All right. Okay. Well, welcome back from vacation, (laughs) sir. Hope you had fun. It's good to be back, man. I, I I did. I had a very good time. I had a, an interesting travel experience on my way home, and I came home to a tree that had fallen down and at least one low-level but annoying leaking pipe, which is lame. But I missed most of our winter wonderland, and I got to spend time on a beach instead, which was lovely. I was in Florida for a family wedding, which was tons of fun and really neat. Um, but I'm back, and I'm glad to be back. And now it's awesome, time to man. dig into our new fiscal year here. Because it's Q1 in my world. Woo. And that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining, everybody. We had a good time. Hope you did too. And thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with your friends. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Bye. Later.